0: Good morning Mitchell Burian. Welcome to Celebration Sunday. Would you stand up with us and let's sing together? We've been singing this song quite a bit this series. His blood, I have been set free. I believe in the resurrection. Hallelujah! His life is death defeat.
1: All praise to God the Father, all praise to Christ the Son, all praise to the Holy.
0: Sunday. Um, We're going to kick it off here with a highlight from yesterday, so you can have a seat for a moment. Um, We're going to have different pastors and uh, speakers come up and uh, share different things, but let's take a quick look at um, what happened yesterday. 50-second little video. Let's go for it.
2: To see, we had a few people still coming. in. Hey, good to see everybody! Happy celebration Sunday! Uh, are you ready to say our Bible verse or verses we've been working on? I think I'm ready. Might have to start over though. Don't laugh at me if we do. I should say this in the King James because I haven't memorized in the King James, uh, but we're learning it in the NLT. So, can we throw it up on the slide? The verse. Or verses 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Do you think, there it is. Can everybody see it? Okay, let's say these together. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Here we go. Oh, 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Okay, here we go. Dear friends, let us continue
3: to love one another, for love is from God.
2: Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Give yourselves a hand. Perfect love has been our focus this uh, fall campaign. The perfect love of God, we've been going through First John, and this letter is emphasized for us and reminded us of God's love for us, and what that love means for us is that we walk in his love. And when we do, we love him, we love each other. And so today, as we uh, end this series and we focus in on what God has for us into the future, is we want to focus in on loving the church, loving the church. It's amazing to me as I look at Scripture and look at the New Testament, and it starts with Jesus, the initiation of the church and how powerful the church is to the work of God on the earth. I want you guys to know that the, the work of God would not get done without the church. It's essential. Sorry, don't, don't, mind the, don't mind the chaos. It's a live event. We'll have some things happen here. But, um, but the love uh, the church is the vehicle to advance the mission of God. That's how God's work is getting done. And it really started with Jesus in the New Testament when he presented the idea of the church. And so the first, um, the first scripture where we see the church really get mentioned, and Jesus talks about it a little bit, is in Matthew 16 in this passage. And Jesus first talks about the church with his disciples. He's having a conversation with them about who people think that he is. He's on the earth, he's walking uh, uh, the nation of Israel, he's, he's doing miracles, he's teaching, and people get an idea. Who do they think he is? He's a public figure, and so he's got some recognition. And Jesus, in this conversation, um, teaches something important about the church and about what he's doing. And so the first thing I want us to realize today, in relation to the perfect love of God And experiencing his love and how the world is going to experience his love through the church is that loving Jesus teaches us to love his church. And so let's read, uh, you can follow along on the screens, Matthew 16, 13 through 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. So they've got ideas about who Jesus is. That's out in the public, what people are saying, what are the comments out there about him. And the, the disciples tell them, this is what the word on the street is, Jesus, that you're one of these prophets. You're one of these figures that was going to come and do something very important. In verse 15, he says, then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Now, Simon Peter, who we know would speak up pretty quickly, he answered. He said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Do you ever wonder why Jesus told people not to tell everybody who he was? He did that every once in a while. It's because his mission, there was a timeline for it and, uh, and it needed to not go too quickly. He needed to get the work done that God had called him to before he went to the cross. And so he was always kind of trying to slow that down a little bit, keep it in check. Because uh, word about him spread quickly and being the Messiah would mean he was the answer, God's chosen one for Israel. But here's what I want us to see in this passage is that the church Jesus references, the church beginning, and it starts on a declaration that Peter makes about Jesus. And this is where it begins. It's the revelation that God has given to build the church. And it starts with that, because the church is built on Jesus. He's the cornerstone, the foundation. And so the revelation that comes through Peter, that Jesus says, Peter, it didn't come from you, you didn't get it from a man, but God himself gave it to you directly. And that is something that we looked at last week, that um, this saying that the early church used, the itchketh, Itch this, which is Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior. That's the declaration on which Jesus is going to build the church. That declaration of truth about who he was. That revelation from God. And Jesus, of course, came to reveal God to us. And to show us who God is and to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And so that revelation. The next thing that comes is spiritual power. Jesus says, I will build my church, and the powers of hell will not stop it or defeat it. And so, what we know about the church, based on this statement, is that it's a spiritual entity. It has a physical manifestation. We are the church here together. Physical, the people of God meeting in a building. We're going to eat physical food, right? We're going to see people get baptized physically. But it's a spiritual movement. It's a spiritual movement. That's why Jesus says, the powers of hell will not stop it, won't come against it, won't be able to to defeat it. And so we know that the spiritual movement, it's a spiritual thing. And so it's happening in the spiritual realm. And so the powers of hell that could come against it, the devil, his demons, the lies that the enemy puts out there. And so it's a a spiritual battle that we're in. We learn in Ephesians that we don't wage war uh, against flesh and blood, but it's against spiritual powers and entities in the spiritual realm. And so the last thing that Jesus gives in this little section is authority. And he says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, right? What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And so there's this idea that he gives us that as the church, God's people engage in a spiritual battle, trying to reach people spiritually into his kingdom, into his church, that we're going to have the authority to do it. And so if we need something bound in the heavens, in the spiritual realm, we can do it together by banding together, in unity, praying together, we have that authority to affect things in the spiritual realm. See what I'm saying? This is what God's doing through us, the church. And experiencing the love of God is the message that we're carrying. That God loves you, He cares for you, and He wants to see you connected to Him. The next... Section I want to look at real quick is in Matthew 28. It's called the Great Commission. And in this, we see Jesus plan to build the church. And uh, I've never really seen this before as clearly as I do now, what I'm going to share with you from this passage. But, you know, as a church, we have a mission statement, which is we're a church on mission to raise up disciple makers who preach the gospel where we live, work, and play. And we're a church on mission. And our mission comes from the Great Commission. We're here To preach the gospel, to share the good news of Jesus. Do you know that's why we're here as believers? The church doesn't always walk and live on mission. Sometimes we get uh, into comfort and we settle for lesser things than to accomplish the mission that God has for us. But we're on mission. Jesus started the church to advance the gospel of salvation. And so Matthew 28, 16 through 20 says this, Then the eleven disciples left from Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go this is right before Jesus goes back to heaven verse 17 when he saw or when they saw him they worshiped him but some of them doubted jesus came and told his disciples i've been given all authority in heaven and on earth therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Three aspects of the great commission that Jesus gives his disciples. First, to go and make disciples. And so, you know, we know as we're going, this is why we talk about disciple makers, preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel, where we live, work, and play, because that's as we're going through our lives right? And some of us in this church, I believe, will go to the ends of the earth to preach the gospel to people that haven't heard of him yet, but we are, most of us are on mission here in our community, reaching this city and this region for Jesus. And so as we're going, we are to make disciples, meaning preach the gospel, share with people who Jesus is, what he's done for them, and how they can be saved. And then Jesus says, baptize these new disciples, In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're going to have some people get baptized today. Why is it that baptism was so important in this process that Jesus is sharing? Three things he shares. And I believe part of the reason, certainly the significance of baptism, that we make a public declaration, that we've decided to follow Jesus. But I think the context of the early church was a a context of persecution, where there was a threat on their lives and well-beings, For being disciples of Jesus. And some of us feel that too. To publicly say I'm a Christian at work or in my neighborhood or with my friends, it might cost me, right? So we have a little bit of that that we have to deal with. And so Jesus said, baptize these new disciples. Have them make a public declaration of their faith. And what that was, was an introduction into the church, a rite of passage, if you will, That the early church looked at, if you're willing to get up in front of everybody and declare publicly that you're a believer, then we'll let you into the church, right? And so the idea, Pastor Luke's going to talk in a little bit and share on this, that in America, and the Western culture, we kind of think of salvation as an individual thing, and it certainly is. Each one of us needs to make an individual decision to trust Christ. But we're not saved just to our own individual walk with Jesus, but we're saved into a community called the church where we begin to advance the mission of God and where the next thing that Jesus told them to do, gets done, which is teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And so it's in the church that we teach to obey and we learn to obey. We learn to follow because we see other people following. And one of the things that's most exciting to me about our church is the amount of people that are involved, and again, Pastor Luke's gonna share on this in a minute, but involved in discipleship, involved in growing, connecting with other believers and building their faith and building our faith into a faith that we can share with others. Remember that our measure of a mature Christian is a Christian who's reproducing, who can share Christ with somebody else, who can help someone else become a disciple. And we think that's what mature Christians really should be doing. So we want to be a church filled with mature believers who are leading other people to Jesus. And so this is the message that I want to share with you today. As a church, we're on mission. We're making disciples We're becoming disciple makers. And I want to encourage you to stay a part of that. It's the love of God that changes us. And guys, we live in a time, the need is so great. I meet with teachers, administrators, people that are in the school system. The need is so great. I talk to people that are in the medical field. The need is so great. The need is all around us to share Jesus. And so I want to make sure as a church, we're on that mission, right? That we're sharing the love of Jesus with the world. So one of the ways you might do it, we have t-shirts, might just get a t-shirt and wear it this week, right? Might cause somebody to ask a question, what's that all about? Got your memory verse on the back, right? Listen, I'm proud of us as a church, I'm thankful for you. We have a great team, a great leadership, great, great body that's working together to see the mission get done.
1: stand together and let's sing a song of thanks. Thank you, Lord. Get up, get up, get up, get up Get up, get up, get up, get up Get up, get up, get up, get up Get up, get up, get up, get you take me up, you turn me around, you place my feet on I think the master, because you heal my heart, you changed my.
0: Thank the Savior. You can have a seat for a moment as Pastor Luke makes his way up here.
3: Alright. Am I am I on? Good? Alright. Good to see everybody this morning. Um thankful to be here with you all. I um, want to share a few quick celebrations since this is Celebration Sunday. Of We've been doing some outreach here at Mitchell Brian Church. We've been doing some outreach with our Rhyme Youth Program and doing some outreach on East Overland um, with the Chuckwagon Church and with some boxing. And over the last year, not even quite a year, about 11 months, um, we've had about 60 people who have given their lives to Christ and a majority, a big majority of those who've been baptized. So when you really think about that, it is, it's is—it's pretty amazing. I mean, that's about a one and a half people a week. So I don't know how one and a half people give their lives to Christ, but um, that's every week, you know, all year, um, people have been giving their lives to Christ, and I think that is a testament um, to our church, it's not just staff members, but people in our church um, sharing the gospel, where they live, work and play, and really seeking to make, make a difference, so really cool thing on um, what God's doing here. Also, in our discipleship process, um, now this isn't different people, but this is in our different classes, we've had over 500 participants um, since just last September, and so again, yeah, you could do a little, little quick clap. Um, but again, just a testament to our church being serious about the direction we're going in making disciples. That um, I really believe we're a part of a church that has people who want to um, grow in their faith and really want to make an impact. So I know we talk about it a lot, and we don't talk about it a lot because people aren't doing it, but just because we want to continue to encourage um, us as a church to move in that direction. So just want to encourage you guys that we're seeing great fruit and appreciate um, your involvement in that. And I want to share a little bit about a discipleship class that's coming Up in January. Now, this is going to be our focus. We really only have one discipleship class for the month of January and February. Um, And this class is called Equip the Church. Um, A lot of you were a part of our equip class back in September. Um, We had about 100 or so people involved in that class about discipleship. Now, this class is going to be about kind of what we're talking about of how do we represent Christ as a community and as a church. And we're going to be introducing or really reintroducing a ministry that we've had in the past called Partnership. I um, mean partnership is a word that a lot of churches may use the word membership of making a church really your home church. And the reason why we like partnership is because what we're looking for is a partnership. That there's a part that we do as a leadership here at the church, but there's a part that those who are coming here as disciples, um ways that you guys lead, that you serve, that we really form a team. Um, to represent the gospel. And we're doing this for three reasons. And if you want more information about this, again, we're hoping everyone who would consider Mitchell Brian Church their home um, would be a part of this class. January 14th, 9.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Um, in the sanctuary, we'll be having a 30-minute teaching And then a 30-minute time of discussion um, to talk about these topics, not just what the Word says about them, but how do we live these out practically right here at Mitchell Breen Church. And so there's three reasons why we're doing this. One, um, Pastor John already mentioned this, that it is so important that each one of us individually responds to the gospel. That's really important. But what the Bible also talks about, that once we respond to the gospel, we become part of the people of God. And... um, the book of Second, or sorry, First Peter chapter 2 talks about the church um, being living stones. Each one of us is a stone. And I know there's a field out here as we came into the Weed Board Center. And if there was one stone hidden in the, in the grass, would that be a good thing or a bad thing? Probably a sprained ankle ready to happen, right? It would be a stumbling block, a stone by itself. And that's what happens when we as believers aren't connected to community. We actually end up being a stumbling block because what happens is a lot of times we don't have accountability to what we're learning in the scriptures as truth. We don't have accountability to if we're living um, a godly life. And for those of you who may be isolated and living on mission, um, we get worn down. And without community, we don't have that opportunity to be encouraged and lifted up in our faith. And so as believers, when we are separated from the body of Christ, it's not that we lose our salvation, but we're like a stone sitting in a field, that we become ineffective um, in our witness for Christ. But what Second Peter says, that when we become together as living stones, we form the temple of God. And the temple of God represents and, and displays his glory um, to the world. So number one, we want to do this partnership here at mitchell Brien so that each one of us can be effective in our witness um, for Jesus Christ. But number two, um, in the book of Hebrews, it says that church leadership – um, we'll stand before God and give an account of our soul of how we um, were stewards of his church, how we shepherded the church at Mitchell Brian. That's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty big thing. And for us as leaders, because if you look around, there's a lot of people here. And we have, a, you know, not a huge staff. We have a great staff, but it's not a lot of people. Um, And we want to make sure that we are intentional with the people that God has brought here um, to this church. But one thing about Mitchell is we do have a lot of visitors. We have a lot of people who come in and come out of our church. And so we want to know who are those people that we're really responsible for. Who are the people in this church that want to commit um, to the leadership and growth here at Mitchell Berean? And so that's another reason why we want to um, do this partnership is we do feel responsible um, for the church here. But, it's not necessarily realistic to be responsible for everybody who just walks in the doors at Mitchell Brien, but it is realistic to be responsible for those who are committed here and that we're also um, committed to. And the second part um, of this that I think is really important, I'm going to turn to scripture of my Bible if I can do both here. All right, Colossians chapter one, um, verse twenty-eight. Is not only um, do we want to be intentional of knowing who's a part of our church, but we want to be intentional in equipping um, our church for discipleship. In Colossians one twenty eight, he says, "Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ." And this really is our goal. I know that we're a larger church, but our goal here at Mitchell is to present everyone. That would consider themselves a part of this church, a uh, maturing Christ, and we want to be intentional with that through discipleship, um, through life groups, through serving, through encouraging, um, through people who need financial assistance or maybe sick in the hospital. Um, that really, through partnership, it's a way that we can um, not just keep track of our church, but really intentionally invest um, in every single person who's a part of Mitchell Breen Church. So again, January fourteenth, from nine thirty to ten thirty a.m. Um, we'll have an hour thirty minutes of teaching, thirty minutes of discussion, and we're hoping. That everybody who would consider themselves a part of this church would come check this out. Because it's going to be a cool thing that we have, it'll be nine weeks and we have nine different teachers. So each pastor will have a section there teaching. Each elder will have a section there teaching as well as our missions director, um, Travis Ray, who will be sharing on missions um, globally and how we reach the community around us. So you'll have a good opportunity to see the whole team at Mitchell Brien Church and really break down. You know, biblically, what is the church? Why is God... Fired up and, and concerned about the body of Christ coming together. So we'll break down each one of these points for nine weeks from a different pastor and elder. And then during our discussion time, be able to talk about how do we actually do this? Not just a concept, but what, how do we actually play this out at Mitchell Brien um, in a practical way when it comes to evangelism, discipleship, life groups, community, um, missions, serving those around us. So we're excited for this. Really hope that you'll pray um, to be a part of um, Mitchell Brean Church, that it's a two-way street. We want to invest in you, and we know each one of you who is in Christ um, has a gift that God's given you um, to display um, to the world around us of who Christ is. And we get to celebrate that first step for a lot of people um, in baptism. Big part of the early church, like Pastor John said, was being baptized was that sign that I'm not only committed to Christ, but I'm also committed to the community Um, That Christ has put me in. So God bless you guys. I'm thankful for what God's doing in our church and just keep being faithful um, with what God's given you.
0: Let's stand. We talked about discipleship. God is our foundation. His word is our foundation. Let's acknowledge that together, church. Christ
1: is my firm foundation the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus cause he's never let me down he's faithful through generations so I You won't. You won't. I've still got your.
0: How rain came and went and I don't know what others are going through. Some of you, your world is getting rocked and shaken right now. So when you sing that song, it's coming from a deep place. Saying, I know God is my firm foundation. When John asked if I would share a little something, it's not gonna be as long, you can stay standing, right? I thought about the bleed over of the different areas of ministry. Here at Mitchell Berean, we have six cylinders that we wanna be firing all the time so we can be firing on all cylinders. And here are the six cylinders, worship, fellowship, discipleship, service, mission, and evangelism. And there's cross benefit in each of these areas. For instance, a growing disciple will naturally grow in their ability to evangelize, all right? It's a natural part of that. They'll grow in their ability to serve and their desire to serve. A disciple will want to be on mission, right? They'll want to be in fellowship and deepen their worship. Those are all true just being a disciple it affects all the other areas. So strengthening our service encourages fellowship and is an act of worship and is a sign of discipleship all while reaching out and evangelizing. That's all a sign of worship so you get where I'm going it all pleads over. So I wanna focus on the cross benefit of being a worshiper, a worshiper of God. A, worship, a worshiper of God, fellowships. Here you are in the fellowship. We enjoy telling one another and reminding one another the wonders of God, amen? We enjoy saying, what an awesome God we have. We get to do that in the fellowship together. We get to worship together. Just look at the Psalms David all the time Psalm 34 one of my favorites taste and see that the Lord is good he's telling everybody look how good and awesome our God is oh the joys of those who take refuge in him about every Psalm just talks about the wonders of God hey look at who our God is look at what he's done a worshiper is discipled a deeper understanding of God and his word makes worship deeper Worship is deeper. We have a deeper understanding of what we're singing, a deeper understanding, a deeper heart flow because we understand the depths of God's love and character and what he's done for us. So a worshiper pursues getting discipled. Worship is a response to who God is and what he's done and will do. If we look in scripture we see the servant who realized that God had provided a wife for Jacob and he bowed down and worshiped. We saw Balaam when the angel of the Lord was standing in his way with a sword drawn he fell down and worshiped when he recognized the presence of God. Gideon when he when God revealed through a dream that Israel would have victory over Midian he bowed down and he worshiped. We can learn all this from God's word. Hannah when God granted her Samuel as a child and Eli Also, when Samuel was dedicated, they bowed down and worshiped God. We learn to offer what we have back to him as an act of worship. We mirror the heart of David, who in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 16 says, O Lord our God, all this abundance that we were provided for building you a house for your name comes from you and is all your own. All the work and all the celebration we're talking about comes from God and is for him and it's for him alone. We recognize who it came from here at Mitchell and who deserves the glory. God is at work here at Mitchell and it's clear. He gets the glory and discipled worshipers, we can do that. We can worship in a deeper way, in a more meaningful way. Maybe you're thinking of these songs as kind of shallow and they don't have much depth. You need to get discipled. You need to get in the word. You need to get in the fellowship and start taking some of these classes that are offered. And so you can grow and your worship can be deeper. But not just receive. A, A worshiper disciples others. They turn around and they want others to know the truth and the wonders about God. So if you've grown and you have been discipled, it's time to turn around and invest in others so they can be deeper worshipers and deeper disciples of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. In our families, with our kids, with our spouses, serving in our calling, our career and community, a worshiper serves God for the glory of God. We start turning around and we, we display the glory of God in the way that we interact with other people. And that's service. That's another one of our cylinders. So what we do and say is an act of worship. A worshiper joins in the mission. We see where God is moving. We wanna get on board. We say, I wanna be on mission with God. And a worshiper evangelizes because this brings glory to God. He's commanded us to do it. We learned in 1 John that obedience to him is an act of worship and love to him. But we also see that other believe, others will become believers and the voice of the worshiping throng will grow stronger and we'll get to join with them in heaven if they come to know Jesus here. And we'll get to worship him forever and they'll get to worship the savior forever. See how worship affects influences every other area now we could go through every other section and talk about how they influence each other each one of those six cylinders influences one another so we have an emphasis on discipleship right now it will affect us as worshipers hey danielle danielle my daughter tossing you a curveball can you come here danny I asked Danielle, what was your verse that you said in the this past week? You said a verse from 1 John. Tell me that this doesn't affect how you think. How she's going to approach the throne of God. Okay, 1 John, you remember 2, verse 1. Every time something happens she's gonna, she's going to come back to that verse it's going to affect how she interacts with the lord it's going to affect her worship be discipled is christ your firm foundation is the word of god your firm foundation we sing it with our mouth but if we don't know it if we don't know what god says is it really a firm foundation If Christ is your firm foundation, if the word of God is your firm foundation, let's sing the song of thanksgiving to him. Let's sing the song of praise. Recognizing who he is, what he's done, and what he is going to do. If you're comfortable, let's raise our hands together and give him worship. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. All that I have is a heart Our praise, thank you, Lord. You can have a seat at this moment, and Pastor Jamie is going to come on up and share with us some exciting things from youth and from baptism standpoint. Right? Hey, take it away.
4: Awesome. Hello. All right. I don't know, but every time there's like a new mic getting handed around, you got to kind of like check it because then you'll get somebody that's like shouting. And it's just like, hello? And everybody's like, whoa, we don't, we don't want that here. So um, yeah, my name is Pastor Jamie. I'm the youth pastor here at Mitchell Berean. Uh, I have been given the blessing of being able to take this role and I'm grateful for God every moment. I love this church family and I love the mission that we uh, do here at Mitchell Berean, which is making disciples. Um, I never really understood the importance of disciples until I came to this church and I got to see the drastic change That God can actually do through people that want to truly submit to him and cause a change not for their own ego not for their own pride but because they love people so much just like first John talks about they want to see people actually released from sin from things that are holding them down in this broken world so it's just so encouraging to to be able to be here to work with this pastor staff to work with these leaders in our church uh that that love people. Not just want the position for any ego, reason, or power, but they want it because they love every single one of you. So um, with that topic, I'm gonna do something that's super, super awkward for a lot of people. If you are a rhyme leader, can you please stand up? And also Cliff Miller, can you please stand up? I just want to take a moment to recognize these guys. Um, These guys are doing so many things. They're kind of mostly in that back corner over there, but these guys are They're amazing. I love every single one of them. Uh, God has put them on this team for a reason, so we can give them a clap. Yeah. So these leaders. Are, are amazing again they show up consistently for your students uh and, and they love your students not not only do they do it just because they feel like oh i gotta serve but they do it because they genuinely care for your students with christ-like love and they encourage me they inspire me and this ministry would not happen if if we if i didn't have those guys so god has definitely put them in this path of being on this team and and i'm so grateful for them and and they really do follow that first John scripture of beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves God has been born of God and knows God. We're seeing a lot of students touched and reached by these, by these leaders. Um, And and that's happening in our church because it's not just about me. It's not just about Ken. It's not just about John or Luke. It's about every single one of you picking up your cross and doing like Luke nine 23 tells us pick up our cross daily, deny ourselves and, and take Christ to everybody around us. And, and there's only these, what Luke was talking about, all these people that are getting saved. We had eight kids get saved this semester at youth group. And, and that is only because we have selfless people that want people to know about Jesus. So we are so grateful for that as a church. And I got to awkwardly look at my phone so I can see my notes while I'm in this speech. But, um, we're seeing this, uh, these amazing leaders every week show up consistently again. And and I just wanted to highlight them just so you guys can, can give them credit. God is moving again. And not only in our youth group, but Cliff in the back, uh, he is doing his hill and he, uh, grew that from about five students to about 28 students that show up consistently that wanna hear about the gospel and, and, and are actually applying scripture to their lives. They're memorizing verses, they're, they're having a craving for God's word. And that is so important, guys, because look, these kids, these teenagers, these students, they're going through a lot. Society has changed a lot since, we, since we've uh, seen it in the last 10 years. We got a lot of confusion happening. We got a lot of uh, sexuality things that are going on with your students. And, and it is our duty as, as older people, as mature people in our faith, to come alongside of them. Tell them truth. Tell them how much Jesus actually loves them and wants them to have freedom. Because there's this mindset with this coming generation of, well, if God has loved them, why wouldn't God just let me do whatever I want? And I'll tell you right now, God doesn't want us to do whatever we want because his guidelines are good. His guidelines keep us safe. Uh, Joshua one eight tells us to do not merely listen to the word but be careful to do everything that it says. And if you do this, your life will be prosperous and successful. It's not saying that your life is gonna be easy breezy, right, it's saying that God is going to protect you and God is going to, to provide for you and God is going to keep guiding you down the right path so that one day we can be with him in heaven, celebrating with him for the goodness that he is. And we just sang that song called gratitude. And I just wanna ask the church, do we have a heart of gratitude right now? Life is difficult, it knocks us down, And that's the beautiful thing about showing up to these events and seeing everybody here talking to one another. This is why Jesus said we need a church. This is why he built the church. So that we can come together when life is rough, when life's kicking my butt, when life's even kicking John's butt. We can all come together and we can talk to each other. We can encourage each other. We can love one another. So let me ask you guys, are you doing that? Are you getting plugged in? We're not asking you guys to serve because we feel like we need more people to do this or else we can't get stuff done. No, we're asking you to serve so that you can be plugged into a community of people that actually love you and wanna help you every single day when you see them. Every time, every week you go to a life group and you're saying, hey, I am struggling with smoking cigarettes again. I, I just don't know if I can keep going. Then somebody can come along and say, hey, let me pray for you. When you come and serve on the welcome team on a Sunday morning, you can see everybody that you're friends with and care about and they can pray for you if you're going through something. That's why we want you guys involved. We want you guys to know that you are loved, that Jesus is there for you, that God is moving through our church and that you belong here. Some of you maybe don't even have that relationship with Jesus yet. And I just want to tell you, do it. It is so worth it. It is so worth it to feel the freedom that comes from Jesus and from the gospel. And there's so much freedom when we can actually step out of our way and let God do a work like he's supposed to. Some of us, we like to, uh, we talked about this last week at youth group. Some of us, we grew up in a Christian family, right? Our great grandma was a Christian. Our grandma was a Christian. Our parents, they were Christians, right? We feel like Christianity is just this thing that's passed down by generation. That is false, I want you to really think about it today. As we're celebrating, as we're about to do baptisms here in a second, I want you to really think, do I actually have a true relationship with Jesus? Am I actually being changed by the power of the gospel? I really want you to think about that. And I want you to think about this verse too for some of you that are struggling, maybe coming to church regularly or are not sure if church is a thing that's necessary. There's scripture in the Bible that says, continue to stir one another on. And that happens when we put our feet in a church community. That happens when we sell all in for Jesus. We can stir one another on and continue going forward. So I just want to pray real quick before we go into baptisms here. And I I just want to also give you a moment. If you have not put your faith in Jesus, I I just want you to know that I want to give you a moment to pray that real quick. And, And just know that it's not this prayer that can save you. It's not. It's the confession in your heart and in your mind that, that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is who he says he is, that Jesus came and lived the perfect life that we couldn't live for 33 years. We can't even go an hour without maybe messing up, right? He did it for 33 years. And, and he desires for every single one of you to have a relationship with him. He came, lived the life that we couldn't live. And then he was beaten. There, there's even a uh, scripture that says that his beard was pulled, ripped off of his face that he was beaten and abused, abused by people, and then he was hung up on a cross. Do you know that God did that for you? Do you know that God did that for you so you can still have free will to choose him and to be in intentional relationship with him? So if you, if you, want, that, if you want that freedom, if you're feeling beaten down, if you're feeling like life is just out of control and you don't know where to go anymore, I want you guys to just bow your heads real quick and we'll pray. Just pray this in your hearts. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for choosing me even when I was running from you. Thank you for pursuing me and loving me through this life. Lord, I pray today that you would come into my heart and that, Lord, I won't just make this declaration of faith and then just walk and do whatever I want, but that, Jesus, you would just put a desire on my heart to follow you, Father. That you would just put a desire for me to become more like you every day, God that I would spend time in your word, that I would get plugged into a church that wants to disciple me, that wants me to grow and that wants to encourage me. Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross for me. And I just pray that you would continue to show me your goodness so that I can have gratitude for you. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, um, you can meet some of the pastors here. We'd love to talk to you. All
2: right. Thank you, Pastor Jamie. If you're getting baptized this morning, would you come on up? Uh, we're going to try to move our baptismal maybe a little bit and, uh, and have some testimonies um, shared. So I think we've got four, four folks that are coming up. All right, yes, right up here. Come and stand by me if you're getting baptized. Baptism, as I said, is that public declaration of our faith that I've chosen to follow Jesus, to put my trust in him. Remember the early church, the saying, Jesus Christ, son of God, that Jesus is the Messiah. That's what Peter's testimony testifying was, that revelation that comes from God, that Jesus is the son of God, and then he's their savior. So we put our trust in him, we believe in him, and then um, that is all the Bible says is required for us to move from death to life. And the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us, and Jesus comes to dwell in us, and then we begin to repent of our sins and follow him and experience the transformation that that brings about. And so I'm going to have these these folks share a brief testimony, why they're getting baptized today, how they came to put their faith in Jesus. So tell, tell everybody your name, too, before you share, okay?
1: My name is Trenton Debus, and I was saved recently, and I felt like I was lost because I was being disobedient, and I got mad quite often and since i got saved i feel like those things have gotten better and i feel like i have a better purpose in life
5: hi everyone my name is isaiah cruz this past year or so i've been through one one long roller coaster I was in a very bad spot in life. I was far from God, and I was making some, very, some bad decisions. I was hanging out, with, hanging out with people that I knew weren't the best for me. I did believe in God during all this, but I, didn't, I just didn't know him and didn't quite understand right from wrong. But one day, I just didn't feel right. I didn't feel me anymore, and I knew that where I, where I was isn't where God wants me life. I knew what I was doing was bad, but it was hard. It was hard to give it up. I prayed to do I prayed to God to help me get out of this hole that I dug myself into. But just a month or two later, God saved me and I felt whole again with him. I finally began to take my walk with him seriously, try my heart to not fall back into temptation. It was hard and I will admit that I did stumble more than a few times, but I knew that I had to get right. I had to get right back up and use the strength God gave me to fight everything that was going against me. Fast forward to now, I'm doing better than I was doing just a year ago. I feel like my relationship with God has grown a lot, and I want God to use me to guide other people to him and to use me as a light in some other people's lives. I feel like now is the time that God has planned me, planned for me to take that next big step. I'm ready to give my life to God and finally live for him. Thank you all for listening.
6: My name is Cody, and- after attending Camp Rock, I had questions about my beliefs in God, and I went to my parents and told them that I was worried about my my salvation. After lots of conversations and meeting with Pastor John on July 12th, I asked Jesus into my heart again. Hi, my name is Mandy Holderby. Um, Just a second. I'm not too good at speaking in front of people, so sorry. Um, Today, well, I heard God was love, and I knew that I wanted God's love. And so by being baptized today, I have faith that I will be closer to God's love. Thank you. Amen. understand God has chosen you and adopted you into his family, not only to be saved, but to go and make disciples? Yes. Will you learn, obey, baptize, and teach others in order to make disciples as Jesus commanded you? Yes. Trenton, I witness with others that you are a new creation in Christ. By your attitude and your let
3: Life that we could never live. Yes. Do you believe that on the cross He died and paid the full penalty for your sin? Yes. Do you believe that He rose from the dead three days later, ascended into heaven? Yes. Do you believe that He's coming back to judge the wicked and to redeem the righteous?
1: I would be desperate without your love slave to the darkness and if it was